good morning. It's Tuesday, the 1st of May. I can't believe it's already May uh, of 2018. Welcome back to another episode of Autonomous Cars with Mark Hogue, the first and only podcast in the world dedicated entirely to autonomous cars. Today, episode 25, Google's Androids prepare to take over autonomous cars, autonomous cars get slimy, and Michigan's governor talks autonomous cars. All this and more right now. So first things first, just wanted to share with you a voicemail I received from a listener by the name of Marcel. Um, he offered some really insightful feedback concerning the advantage that autonomous cars will offer with respect to people who are, for whatever reason, unable to get themselves from A to B. For example, the handicapped or perhaps even just the elderly who are either unable or shouldn't be able to drive themselves. Um, and he's absolutely right. So, uh, Marcel, thank you so much for that really great feedback. You're absolutely right. All right, just a quick note on voicemails. Now that I've started getting voicemails from so many of you, I think it makes sense that we agree going forward that if you leave me a voicemail, then it'll be fair game to be published in an episode. I think this will be a lot more fun, a lot more engaging. Rather than just hearing me summarize your voicemails and discuss them briefly, I think it'd be a lot better just to let everybody hear your voicemail in your own voice, right? So uh, unless everyone starts to disagree with me on this, let's just assume that going forward, that's what I'll do. So to be clear, if you leave me a voicemail, assume that it's fair game to be published and probably will be published in a future episode. Cool. Thank you so much. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so Google Android, as many, if not all of you are well aware, uh, Google Android, of course, the fantastic operating system for phones, the answer to Apple's iOS. Android, of course, has been developed over the last several years, slowly being iterated through every single cookie, cupcake, pastry, ice cream, and popsicle in the universe. These, of course, the various code names for the different versions of Android OS as it's developed. Um, and now Google getting ready with a thing called Android Automotive to enter, well, automobiles. Now, before you get all up in arms and remind me that we've had Android Auto for quite some time, yeah, well, that's Android Auto. This adds a few syllables to the end of it, Android Automotive. Um, the difference besides just the syllables is this. Android Auto is the admittedly perfectly fine, if not slightly laggy bit of phone mirroring technology that allows you to sort of splash the contents of your phone up onto the internal computer screen of your car. <clears throat> this, of course, is sort of the answer to uh, Apple's iOS CarPlay, which similarly mirrors your phone onto whatever displays in the car. All right, so let's talk about Apple for a moment before looping back to Android Automotive, because as some of you may remember, Apple was said to have been developing its own autonomous car, this rumor going back several years now. But it turns out that this, this idea to build an actual car, well, that's been canceled in favor of simply developing, um, for lack of a better word, a sort of car OS. 
um, that Apple's actually developing its own autonomous, autonomous car software. Um, if this sounds vaguely un well, that's because it, it is. I mean, Apple's not exactly one to usually license out its software for other companies to use. I mean, the only time I can really think of this was, well, I guess back in the late 90s, early 2000s when we started seeing the, you know, that, that really weird wave of Macintosh clone computers. Um, but besides that, it's just not a thing that Apple ever does. So if indeed Apple is working on developing its own car OS for use by other automakers, well, that's pretty interesting and frankly warrants its own story, uh, you know, its own segment in another podcast episode sometime. But today we're talking about Android Automotive and what Google's on about. Well, by analogy then, I think you can see where I'm going with this. Android Automotive seems to be really exactly, you know, and precisely that, Google's answer to developing a platform for all autonomous cars. You know, the idea being that by developing a car OS that it can then sort of open source and license out to other car makers, well, this is a really special thing indeed. Developing software for cars that both looks good and works well, it turns out it's a really difficult thing to get right. So if you think about the early days of GPS, and indeed even currently, certain modern cars' GPS systems, well, some of them are just woefully bad at best and just horrifically awful at worst. Uh, Toyota's system comes to mind, for instance, and certainly the early days of BMW's iDrive. So when you think about it, it's a bit weird that we haven't yet seen a sort of standardized OS for use by all cars in the same way that we did with computer systems back in the day, right? With Microsoft, that's how, of course, Microsoft became Microsoft, right? By licensing out DOS and eventually Windows and you know, and, and, and so it's a little weird that we haven't seen that in cars. As an aside, I suppose I could theorize that this is because, um, I guess from a branding point of view, cars had a big incentive to kind of do their own thing, uh, not least of which developing a platform that would work with all the different cars' internals, that would surely be a very tricky thing to get right. But also just from a yeah, purely branding point of view, you know, you want your BMW to look like a BMW. You don't want it to look like, say, a Toyota. Um and so I'm guessing maybe that was part of why there was so much of a holdout. That said, now that Apple's CarPlay and indeed Android Auto have been rolling out to so many different car makers, including as high up the echelon as Ferrari, right? Ferrari actually supports an, uh, Apple CarPlay. I think what we're discovering then is that it turns out this whole sort of branding issue isn't such a big deal with consumers after all, and indeed with the automakers themselves. Um, point being, it looks like, you know, somebody who owns a Ferrari or indeed a Rolls-Royce or BMW or Toyota, it looks like they don't really care what's on that screen. So this idea of having, univer- you know, having a unified platform, which can be shared amongst all automakers and presumably customized and even skinned to look however they like, which again goes back to supporting the branding argument, well, we're in a time now where this makes a lot of sense. All right, so looping this back now to Google's Android Automotive, this seems to be exactly what Google are on about. So the idea being that this new platform, Android Automotive, will be a a separate uh, infotainment and control system for cars, uh, basically built on the Android platform, but doing much more than simply you know mirroring your phone on some display. Rather, the idea being to control all the various uh, major systems and indeed the subsystems of your car, really it's going to be the Android OS for cars generally. So 
We're going to learn a lot more about this uh, very soon, actually. In fact, uh, at Google's next I.O. conference, which is on the 8th of May, um, we expect to hear much, much more indeed, and we'll certainly report back on all the juicy tidbits we learn then. So it turns out that slime molds might hold the key to better autonomous car navigation. This according to a report over at TheVerge.com. The article title is How Slime Mold Could Shape the Future of Self-Driving Cars. I highly encourage you to check it out. They've got a really great video there. Uh, an interview with the researcher uh, on this topic. His name is Simon Garnier. He is the assistant professor in the Federated Department of Biology of the New Jersey Institute of Technology and Rutgers University. So it turns out that there were some pretty intriguing studies performed, uh, the first of which most notably was something involving slime molds and the Japanese underground metro system. No, they didn't release slime molds throughout the Japanese underground. That would be rather, uh, well, slimy. Um, No, instead what they did was there was a sort of um, a really large petri dish, and inside this dish were placed uh, food sources, roughly corresponding to the various subway stops of the Japanese metro. Astonishingly, when the slime molds kind of grew and expanded to reach these uh, various food sources, the paths they took essentially mirrored that of the actual subway map. Um, bringing it closer to home, imagine here in the U.S. a giant petri dish in which there were place, uh, you know, sources of food placed at all the major cities. Well, similarly, when the slime molds were placed in the petri dish, the interconnecting paths they developed to get from food source to food source ended up looking remarkably like the U.S. highway system. So, what we can conclude then is that, well, slime molds have a map of the U.S. freeway system or the Japanese metro, sort of etched into their, well, I was going to say brains. They obviously don't have brains. Uh, Nor do they have central nervous systems. Um, Or we just did a remarkably good job at developing our various subway systems and freeway networks that we were so close indeed to that of what the molds developed. Uh, No, here's, here's the really big takeaway, right? So if slime molds, you know, without any sort of brain or centralized nervous system are indeed so good at doing this, the question becomes, well, how do they do it? Obviously, uh, this is not done with any sort of higher level thinking, but really it's somehow a very low level sort of physics or biology or chemistry based um, routing system. And if we can sort of tap the math as to what's going on here and sort of extract some sort of an algorithm from how these slime molds work and then sort of inject this algorithm into the logic of autonomous cars, well, this could have pretty profound impacts, right? So um, really fascinating stuff. I highly encourage you to head over to TheVerge.com. Check out this article. Definitely watch the video. It's a really fascinating interview uh, with Simon Garnier, the researcher behind, well, slime molds. And by the way, in case you're wondering, they taste like the kitchen floor or like moss, Yeah, have a look, check it out. Really interesting stuff. All right, so just a quick uh, comment regarding an article over at Jalopnik. Writer Raphael Orlov, uh, in his article, Michigan's governor is dead wrong about driverless cars. Again, this is the huge can of worms discussion about sort of how much should we hold autonomous car manufacturers liable for and what, you know, what's the kind of standard of care we want to hold them to, you know, given the recent accidents involving autonomous cars. This article takes issue with the governor's claim that basically testing autonomous vehicles, the manufacturers should be, quote-unquote, given the benefit of the doubt. 
uh, when it comes to testing rules. Well, this writer at Jalopnik says, you know, they feel they shouldn't be given such benefit of the doubt. Um, and of course, you just need to look to the recent accident involving the Uber test car killing the woman in Arizona. Uh, more recently, the Model X accident uh, with autopilot and so on and so forth. So, um, you know, again, it's, it's, a really, it's a really heated debate. Uh, I think all of you who've been listening to this podcast by now know my views on this. Um, I, I do think that unless there is a showing of gross negligence, you know, combined with the fact that the safety of autonomous cars is already much, much better than human-driven cars, I still maintain that we've got to allow them to keep moving forward and, frankly, to do so as quickly as possible. I think, and I've said this before, it's worth repeating again, I think what's going to have to happen, though, is something really taking a page out of Volvo's playbook, which is that going forward, Autonomous car manufacturers really need eventually to own up to full 100% liability for anything and everything that goes wrong. So, you know, Volvo said this as part of their Vision 2020 goal. They said that if anything goes wrong, if any sort of death or serious injury occurs in any vehicle caused by or involving any of their even semi-autonomous cars, let alone their fully autonomous cars, that Volvo would claim full responsibility. I think, I think that besides being a well, a very good practical stance to take. I think this would be a really, really profound sort of PR stance to take. I think that all autonomous car makers, including Uber, uh, Tesla, uh, all of them really, Mercedes, BMW, Kia, everybody who's working on this stuff, Ford, GM, Cruise Automation, they should all take this stance that Volvo has taken, which is, look, we're going to keep testing. We're going to keep pushing this forward as quickly and safely as possible, but to the extent that anything goes wrong, and let's be transparent about this, things will go wrong. People will get hurt. Tragically, some people will die. This is the, this is the way it occurs for all new technology, including and especially technology for transportation. It, it occurred with steamboats. It occurred with airplanes. You know, they should say that But when anything goes wrong, we will claim full responsibility. We will, we will admit full liability for anything and everything that goes wrong. So, that's kind of my view on this. Um, so, yeah, I respectfully disagree with the author of this article. Um, so unless I've misunderstood something, I, I just think that we're you know, really looking at this in two different ways. So as always, uh, give me your thoughts and feedback on this. Let me know what you think. Uh, really, it's a very important discussion, and I think it's, a very, it's very important that we really arrive at a conclusion that automakers really decide how they're going to go about all this. And indeed, that the, the legislation on this becomes much more clear much more quickly than we've seen so far. All right, so that's a wrap. Uh, as always, thank you so much for listening. Please be sure to upvote and share this podcast with your friends and colleagues. Any reviews you leave are always welcome. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Mark Hogue. Uh, write me there. I'll certainly make a point to try to write you back. You can also reach out to me on LinkedIn, because why not? And uh, anyway, thank you again so much for listening. Uh, loop back around in a couple days. Have a wonderful rest of the week. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.